we're going to run through some Christian cliches. God has you in the palm of his hand. Let go, let God. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Where God guides, he provides. Jesus loves you. <laughs> I had that one, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, Theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to Theodox Podcast. We're your hosts, Gracie Calhoun and Joshua Brooks. And today we've got a couple new guests. As you can see, if you're watching, we've got Chris Timmons and Stacy Brooks. Woo! (laughs) Everybody in the crowd is cheering right now. I can see you. Thank you. It's okay. Um, But tonight I have a fun little question for y'all. So if you had to choose a band, a specific song, or an artist to play at your funeral, what would you choose? You knew exactly the right question to ask. I've already been preparing this whole thing. Uh, Citizens, of course. Um, I got my songs picked out. It'll be hyped up, because I'll be glad. What's what's the top one? Top song from Citizens? Uh, Made Alive. Made Alive. I thought so. I'm like, that's... It's kind of ironic and yet not because you know you're dead, but, but you're, you're alive. alive. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I'm not holy enough to be on this podcast because I totally went secular <laughs> and secular music. So the Gettys, the Gettys in Christ Alone. Me. No, come on. <laughs> else I have like the Goo Goo Dolls or Bare Naked Ladies. You know, like that. Yeah. 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 So what about you? Um, I. <laughs> I mean, just because this has been a running joke for a while, I would have to say that's kind of been mine too, but I didn't know I was going to have to answer, so I'm just picking back <laughs> You can't steal my band. <laughs> it's our band. How about that? Chris, I'll, I'll make you feel a little better. Okay. I, I actually told them, firstly, as a joke, that at my funeral, I wanted um, Travis Tritt's Great Day to Be Alive okay. played because of the irony of it. Yeah. And yet, it's not ironic if I'm alive in Christ, but... It's a great day to be alive at a funeral, I think, is a... You, you still went holier than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think, uh, anyway, it was just the irony, so it's funny. Yes. But, uh, cool, so tonight we have two new things going on. Number one, we have a new format, obviously, where we're, we, we call it uh, couch conversations. So if you have something that's not, I don't know, that might fit this style, shoot us a request, and we're going to just sit here and have a conversation tonight about our topic. Um, the second thing that's new is we have a fourth guest. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, well, yeah, I I don't know. I guess so. We have a fourth. The normal pattern has been you and I and a guest and now we have another guest. So (laughs) I don't know. Chris is the fourth one. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we have four of us and a new style, uh, to introduce tonight. So we're going to run through some Christian cliches. And uh, so first, I just want to ask y'all running around, what are some Christian cliches? Just spit them out there. God has you in the palm of his hand. Let go, let God. Cleanliness is next to godliness. (laughs) Where God guides, he provides. Ah, Jesus loves you. I had that one, but I didn't want to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a cliche? I don't know. That feels like it shouldn't be a cliche. (laughs) 
I say it's a cliche. All right, I'm down. <laughs> so in all seriousness, we have um, four or five cliches that we're going to talk through and just have us a conversation about maybe some of the intricacies of the cliches, whether they're biblical or not, how they affect us, how the culture might hear them. Um, so let's just start with, um, oh, I had another one, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> it's another conversation for another day. <laughs> so oh, let's start with your favorite, let go and let God. Oh, man. All right, but let's do it. So starting out, I guess, what is the general meaning or the theme of let go and let God? What would y'all say? Chris, what would you say? Um, people are trying to say, hey, don't, don't worry about this. God's got you. Mm -hmm. Like, you can just stop stressing, stop striving. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of the keep calm and carry on things uh, that were like yes. so popular several years ago. And it's just like you fill in the blank with it, with whatever, whatever you, you want. want. Um, not that that's really tied together at all. It just makes me think about it. I think it um, at best, this phrase highlights the value of surrender, mm -hmm. um, that God is God. You're not. Mm -hmm. So you like lay down your excuses, mm -hmm. your fears, your worries. It's intended to encourage us to trust God and to surrender our will to his, right? I, I, I think that's probably how it's in the good sense, but right. I think yeah. often it's a crutch for laziness. Yeah. Mm. Of, oh, like almost prosperity-like, like just, mm -hmm. just let it go, you got it. Mm. Right, yeah. don't even try. Don't even yeah. try. Just, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I go a little bit different with it. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's a, there's a sense of it implies that you can do, mm -hmm. like you actually can influence or mm -hmm. affect the situation um, until you run into a situation you know you can't. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like it's like a sort of a default to God's sovereignty whenever I know all of my options have run out. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's how I tend to hear that a lot. Like you've done everything you can. So now you just got to let go and let God. And, um, yeah, I don't know to me that uh, that's how I feel like I hear that a lot mm -hmm. and think it, um, it sort of undermines the fact that God always has it, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> for us to actually like he think previously. Yeah. 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 For us yeah, to yeah. think that we had any kind of mm -hmm. control anyway. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Do you feel like there's some biblical basis for like where people draw this from or thoughts on where they might? Well, I think that's this. kind of what Gracie was saying earlier. Like it does value the idea of surrender. Sure. Mm -hmm. Just at, at the wrong point, kind of like what you were getting at. Like, why couldn't we have that surrender in the beginning while we were continuing to striving? Yeah. I think if this phrase were solely talking about justification, mm -hmm. it would be true because mm -hmm. This is a phrase that encourages passivity, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we are completely passive in our justification, right? We mm -hmm. don't contribute anything to our salvation except for the sin that requires it. Mm -hmm. So in that way, we wouldn't be able to contribute anything. There is mm -hmm. no striving for, we would have to completely let go and let God in mm -hmm. that way for justification. And we see that in, in Ephesians too, like we can't right. do that. Um, but obviously is not typically used in that context. Mm -hmm. It right. more of references sanctification rather than justification. 
and sanctification is anything but passive, <laughs> right? <laughs> the New Testament is full of strive, right. press on, yeah. keep, you know, yeah. keep at it, don't drift. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're, we're encouraged in that in so many ways in Scripture. It's not just be passive. Right. right. See, at least you're taking it to to Scripture and our salvation, our justification, right. our sanctification. I normally don't hear it used in that context. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like Philippians 2. I mm -hmm. feel like this is a very obvious <laughs> couple yeah, of verses, 12 yeah. and 13. Uh, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, mm -hmm. and there are so many others. I know Second Peter 1, James 2, Ephesians 6, like mm -hmm. a bunch of verses. Yeah, I think it, it's also like, it, it's directly applicable to our sanctification. You know that we don't, we need to strive towards that. And I think we'll kind of marry this to the um, what was the other one we had on our list of oh God helps those who help themselves because mm -hmm. it seems yeah. contrary to this one but um, I, I mean I guess I don't feel like I tend to hear people say this in the realm of sanctification right. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like it's helpful to apply that truth mm -hmm. you know to our lives like sanctification is not us just being passive um, it's us being active um, but I guess I tend to feel like people are in a situation where, you know, everything's going awry and everything's mm -hmm. going nuts and you know there's nothing you can do and then that this kind of phrase gets thrown out there and I think one of the big issues with it is it's it's really not taking into consideration the complexity of the situation, the the real feelings of the people involved. You know, there there's like a whole host of things going on that a cliche like this just goes like, well, just let go and let God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, um, it's, it's not very caring and compassionate. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess let's, let's just jump right over to the opposite mm -hmm. side of God helps those who help themselves. Hang on, hang on. Okay, I'm sorry. I've, <laughs> uh, we are having to share a microphone right now. Even though we have another microphone, it just, we had some technical difficulties with it. So I'm yeah. having to fight him for the mic. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> so chill, chill. I've got like an alternative one for each that I've kind of did uh. just to, <laughs> because I wanted so to. you create your own Christian cliches? Well, I actually just took quotes from other people. So it's really not even my word. <laughs> not but even your own word. <laughs> it's not even my own words here, but I just Copyright wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I'll, it was J.I. Packer for this one, but it's the <laughs> Christian's motto shouldn't be let go and let God, but trust God and get going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I thought that was a cool way mm -hmm. to just kind of flip that around. Trust God with everything mm -hmm. and then and get going. The work. Get yeah. to mm -hmm. it. Get to work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we can switch. <laughs> no. So which one we said? Yeah, we said. God helps those. <laughs> God helps those who help themselves, <laughs> which, like you said, kind of seems contrary to that. So what would y'all say this one is conveying? I, I honestly haven't heard that said to people, but more so about people. Uh, yeah. If that makes sense. And so, like, you know, it could be. A so you're saying you talk about people? I'm not saying. Or you're around other people that I'm, talk about I'm people. I'm around, uh, I guess I have bad company. Okay. <laughs> um, and so, like, we'll, we'll be sitting around and, you know, we'll, we might be like, oh, dude, there's, there's a homeless person on the corner. Mm. We should go help them. And then they'll be just like, 
well, God helps those who help themselves. They need to go help themselves and God right. will do it. Why, why, why are you here? You know, you know, like almost, so it almost cuts out to me in the context that I normally hear it, us loving our neighbor, because it, it like, maybe we're here to help, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. The, yeah. the way I normally hear it portrayed. Yeah, I think it's an attempt yeah. to combat laziness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think, right. Yeah, and I think it's an attempt to um, to get people moving, but using God as the motivator mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's not biblical. To go right. back to what you were saying, if we take this and apply this cliche to salvation, to justification, God helps those who help themselves, and, and it doesn't no work help. out right. because what am I doing for myself for salvation? Right. Nothing. Right. I think the way you were talking about it, if you, if you take them and boil them down to like some of the, the very basics of salvation, it mm-hmm. starts to uh, reveal their, mm-hmm. their trueness or falseness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's the stigma of, mm-hmm. I've got to clean my life up. I've got to help myself. I've got to fix X, Y, Z before mm-hmm. I come to Christ mm-hmm. or I go to church or whatever. And so there's also that aspect or mindset as well Mm -hmm. so obviously we know you know god didn't come christ didn't come for those that were moral and upright so uh, maybe on each of these we should just do a thumbs up and a thumbs down so like let go and let god what's your vote should we use it thumb up or not use it thumb down oh i just thought we were saying like all right let go or let god (laughs) should we use it thumbs up or Thumbs down. We should not let go or let God. Thumbs down. All right. 100. All right. God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So we actually had a a listener write in, and I'm going to read part of what he requested. I often hear Christian songs say that God won't give us more than we can take, or rather the trendy way of saying it, he'll let you bend but won't let you break. I honestly see that as contrary to what scripture says in multiple places. How can we better dispel the idea that we won't be given more than we can take? Which leads us to the cliche of God will never give you more than you can handle. Hmm. Should we just vote first and then talk about it? That one gets two thumbs down in my book. There we go. I like that. This one makes me laugh because I'm, you know, the older I get, the more I realize God gives us way more than we could ever begin to handle. Right, Um, right. I feel like it's, um, he he doesn't call us to comfort either. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, we're we're always going to be at a place where we're reliant on him. And that's him Mm -hmm. growing us in the image of his son. So if he won't give us more than we can handle, and if I were to sit back and think about what is the more that I can handle, or just think historically, what is the more that anyone could handle? What would that be? If we were to say, well, more than I could handle would be me dying. Right. Well, that has happened to, you think of all the apostles, all the martyrs throughout right. church. I mean, it's like, right. you, even if um, the more than you could handle would be um, the death of family members. Well, that's happened all throughout history and all throughout yeah. scripture. I mean, so to, to say God won't give you more than you could handle, well, what is that? Because it's happened two mm-hmm. believers, two children mm-hmm. of God for all of time. Mm-hmm. So I just think in that way, it's like, it doesn't even make sense. It really negates God's power and his yeah. grace in my life, you know, because for me to say, 
God won't give me more than I can handle. Well, that's that's putting a cap on what God can work mm. through me, mm-hmm. you know? And that's when he grows us, typically, right. is when we... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I agree, like, through my own power, like, there's a lot I cannot handle, sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a believer, God gives us that grace and that ability to be able to handle these things. Does he give me more than I can handle? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he handles it, like, yeah. through me. Gives like, he grace. gives me mm-hmm. the grace to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. So... And he does this to make us lean on him, depend on him, trust in him, knowing that we can't um, work everything out the way we want to work it out, you know, just because we're trying to help ourselves. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And he does this because he loves us, right? It's that deep, true, abiding Mm -hmm. love. And that's why he, he allows us and gives us that grace. I like in 2 Corinthians 1... I think it's eight and nine, mm-hmm. but I don't remember word for word, but where Paul says we were a point of death, mm-hmm. but it calls us to rely on God. Mm-hmm. And I feel like God allows us to get to that point of feeling like we're at a point of death, mm-hmm. but it's to cause us to rely on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says that's he his despises grace, yeah. life itself right. in yeah. that verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just such a poor perspective we have when we define love in the way we understand love. Mm-hmm right like all of a sudden me being stretched to the uttermost or even despising death in order to lean on god to to be able to grow mm-hmm. is a loving thing for mm-hmm. me to look more like christ exactly to to participate in his suffering like first peter talks about and then for us to be like well i just don't want any of that he's not going to give me that and so not only do we put a cap on god we distort love itself. There are a lot of problems with this one. Mm -hmm. I think we're kind of touching on. Um, So as we've already given like, what, eight thumbs down in this one. So this one, I thought we we voted before we even spoke about it. So eight thumbs down. down. It's bad. It puts too much responsibility on our own power. Really struggling Mm -hmm. with that one and our ability and it really just like centers God around us. Let me add to that. It it perpetuates false gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if God's not going to give me more than I can handle then it makes basically it it leans towards the prosperity gospel. I think they all these are due. Yes. And then we're yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll save it for the end. (laughs) Um, But it does. I mean to say that is to pretty much say well then if I trust Christ and He's gonna, yeah. he, he's gonna ease it for me, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't really care how you spin it. Anytime you, you, pro, you propose or purport a gospel mm-hmm. that is supposed to make life a little easier, it's the prosperity mm-hmm. gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are we promised? A, a cross and yeah. eternal life. Like yep. that's. Yep. Yeah. yeah, suffering and yep. eternal life. That's yep. pretty much what oh, we're, yeah. we're promised. Yeah. Yes. It also like vastly underprepares us for like the life yeah, of a Christian as things. well. Yeah. Like for sure. if, if this is my expectation and I'm like, mm-hmm. he won't give me more than I can handle. Then when the Christian life hits you hard, it's like, God, God, yeah. you failed me. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's exactly. going to be your reaction. So yeah. it like vastly underprepares us for those hardships. Mm-hmm. And then just real quickly, that alternative one that I have got. <laughs> this is John Piper here, but God will never give his people trials in which he will not sustain them and bring them through to everlasting glory. Mm-hmm. So anyways. Yeah. And that might be the point you were making earlier is just that it undermines God's grace mm-hmm. um, because 
if he's not going to give me more than I can handle, then that's based on what I'm able to handle. But if he will give me more than I can handle, and then he'll give me the grace to mm -hmm. handle it um, or to trust him, <laughs> in essence, mm -hmm. then that's, leaning, that's more of a, a focus on him. I think that's a big part of that. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. I think that's what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Sorry. You interpreted okay. it correctly. Okay. <laughs> I think when we have that view of, like, God won't fail me, yeah. then when we feel failed, we want to run away. We define yeah, we, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So um, I don't even know if we need to touch on um, you're never more safe than when you're in God's will. I mean, like, we could just go around and, like, name people in Scripture that's like, this just, yes, just like, this completely nullifies yeah. the statement. Yeah. Like, just awful. Because God will put a hedge of protection around <laughs> you. So. <laughs> you're never more safe than when you're in God's will because you have that hedge you of protection. You have a hedge of protection. Mm. <laughs> well, so let's hit on something else on that. It almost insinuates there are things you're doing that are not in God's will. Mm. Like, um, so, and we talked a few mm. episodes ago about God's decreed will, you know, mm -hmm. and so there's nothing that happens outside of God's decreed right. will. Right. Now, there might be something you're doing that goes against his declared will, his prescriptive will of his word, mm -hmm. but there's nothing anybody ever does that is outside of the decreed will of God. Right. Therefore, you can't say something is... Some things are in his will and some things are out in that sense. Yeah. You can say, I might be out of God's mm. will, meaning I'm disobeying his word. Another one that I was thinking about is when God closes the door, he opens a window. This sounds so nice and lovely, right? Mm, so cozy. You have that on a mug, don't you? I have that on a mug, a t-shirt, and a purse. So I hope this one gets... Will it be on the online store? <laughs> it will be on the online store, guys. <laughs> I hope this gets thumbs up because... <laughs> I think if I were to say that for my life, it's going to be like, when God closes the door, he slams all the windows, locks them. <laughs> Everything and throws up. you in a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves you for dead. <laughs> I was thinking he shuts the... But it's not more than I can handle. <laughs> <laughs> we are so unhinged tonight, guys. I'm so sorry. We're not... We're not <laughs> we haven't touched on Christian liberties yet. So That's what I was about to say. That. That's another episode. That's another episode. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, you know, where God slams the door, he slams the window. I'm at the wrong house, and then the house crumbles on top of me, right? <laughs> And then it all burns up <laughs> into flames. So I guess what do people even mean by that, if y'all want to touch on that, of when God closes the door, he opens a window? I guess, like, keep going, don't quit. <laughs> Opposite of let go and let God, I guess. You know, you'll find your little way of what you're wanting in mm, life. I think right. that's the key. Mm -hmm. It's whatever you'll you're wanting. Eventually, get what you you'll want. You'll eventually get. You just thought it. it was this yeah. way, but yeah. this window is going to be it. Yes, it's just or a that different route. Window, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. You just have to find it. it. Yeah. Right. yeah. When your when your opportunity went away, don't worry. God's going right. to He's yes. going to give it a better way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The mm -hmm. best is yet to come. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> More prosperity gospel? <laughs> More money. <laughs> so some of that underlying message or that theme, I think we're all touching on yeah. is like God works around me, mm -hmm. right? So he wants me comfortable. He wants yeah. me comfortable. Yeah. Cause that's what scripture says. <laughs> yeah. He cares more about my desires and my will and my mm -hmm. opportunities mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. his own. Right. <laughs> That's right. kind of that underlying message or theme. What would y'all say as far as like biblical accuracy or mm -hmm. 
non-biblical accuracy. <laughs> uh, apparently that's from The Sound of Music. Yes. Yeah. I saw that too, uh, yes. Yeah. I yeah. did not know that. Interesting. I didn't know that. The hills are alive. The, the I've never what? seen The Sound of Music. What? <laughs> okay. Nor have I, 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 I've never seen Star Wars all the way through. Like We, we, right, could, we right. could really oh, go yeah. through the list. <laughs> it's not okay. that I love Sound of Music. It's that when I was probably... I don't know, 14, 15. My sisters were given that for Christmas. I have two younger sisters, and they literally watched that movie 85 million times in my teenage years. And you so, didn't realize that phrase came no, from that movie? No, but I know all the songs. He does. He literally does. So now when my daughters are growing up and they first watch the movie, I'm there singing he knows every, word. every song. Wow. Not good, mind you, but... He used to love to start the song, leave oh, yeah. for work, and leave it in my head all day. That's right. Oh, that's that was his little gift. <laughs> that's right. Just a little gift. Oh, man. So, so biblical accuracy. We can see in Acts 16 where they were forbidden to, like, they were not allowed to go in the land to take the gospel to Asia. Now, granted, the Lord brought it another way. Right. But, you know, it, it was strictly forbidden. The, the door, the window, it was all shut. Hmm. You know, I think we see that in our lives. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I was thinking of the Bible. I know. I, I, well, she did. I do biblical accuracy. No, and I'm just going from there to here and saying I agree that Look we see things life. just yeah. get shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I want to believe that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that God has something better in store, mm -hmm. um, but it's not always the case. I mean, because our better is always something we want mm -hmm. right you know mm -hmm. what we think is good yeah again it's putting so much emphasis on our like circumstances here and mm -hmm. now like our physical well-being mm -hmm. our wealth um our relationships mm -hmm. is putting so right. much emphasis our comfort, yeah. our comfort yeah. rather than our future glory with mm -hmm. christ right it's putting so much emphasis on that so I mean, just a couple of verses that, you know, just really kind of fly in the face of this one. The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 16, Proverbs 19 is many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Mm -hmm. So there are on and on and on Second Corinthians 12. Like there are so many verses mm -hmm. that just fly in the face of this mm -hmm. one because it's God does not always have something better for you. Mm -hmm. He might have just want you to sit there mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of think about what you've done. <laughs> like, I'm, and suffer. <laughs> just sit there and suffer for a minute. Like, what window did God open for Job? Right. What window did he open for John the Baptist when mm -hmm. he went to prison? You know, right. like, he got beheaded. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. that was the window, if you want to consider that. Well, um, the window was new life. It yeah. was, yeah. you know, being with Christ. Well, Christ was on earth, but... Yeah. Yeah. Even then, glory. Even well, could, could we actually make all these phrases thumbs up if we used correct biblical theology? Mm. I still and don't want to say them. <laughs> well, so I, I'm just any context. So, context. Yeah, let me throw this out there. So I looked up the definition of a cliche: mm -hmm. a sentence or phrase usually expressing a popular or common thought mm -hmm. or idea that has lost originality, ingenuity, and impact mm -hmm. by long overuse. Yeah. Hmm. So I, yes, yeah. they could be used with biblical accuracy, and I think we could all give thumbs yeah. up, but yeah. not under those circumstances. Right. Yeah, and, no, and so, I agree. Like, yeah. as a cliche, as yeah. something that is 
um, become popular based on common thought or idea. Yeah. Like that's one problem there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lost originality. It's lost its biblical substance. Mm-hmm. It's it is lost its impact by overuse. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we could all sit here and like yeah, yeah. you're throwing out other ones and go. You know, like if we were to say, well, the best is yet to come. Right. You know, one of those cliches and go, well, absolutely it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But nobody's using it. It's overused. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the best is yet to come after this life. Right. Right. You know, it's the best is yet to come. My bank account. Yeah. Well, it's it's when the truth becomes obscure. Yeah. It becomes a lie. And so we've allowed all these things to become obscure and we become the interpreter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they become a lie in some way. Yeah. So let's just let that flow unless you, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. You go ahead. I was just going to say too, kind of like what you mentioned with yeah. if, um, if the window is our eternal glory, but really that is the door that we're seeking mm-hmm. after yeah. and not to, you know, get picky it's with like what you said, but it's like, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, this door is open and yeah. it cannot be shut. Right. right. Like for right. believers, yeah. it is open. There is no shutting this. We can't, right. nobody can, yeah. hmm. nothing can. So it's not the alternative option, not mm-hmm. to nitpick what you said, but I'm, but I'm gonna, <laughs> right. so <laughs> in a nice way, you're wrong, but this one, <laughs> <laughs> I said it in a nice way. That makes it nice. That makes it right? perfectly fine. Okay, yeah, as long as you say it in a nice yeah. way. Oh, I don't mean to offend you. But... I don't mean to offend. But with all due respect. <laughs> so for this one, what are we voting? Thumbs down. Yeah. It's definitely down. Yeah. Down. I don't know how it could be a. <laughs> so where I was going, based on what you were already, the direction you were already going, is let's talk a little bit about how maybe cliches in general. Mm-hmm but maybe even some of these, how do they negatively affect um, our culture, just Mm, people in mm. general? I think they're lazy. I think it's a lazy way to try to help The public are lazy? People are lazy? No. (laughs) Whoever's using it is lazy in that they are just trying to find a a quick Band-Aid to help somebody. Because I have, um, I'm a biblical counselor at our church, and have dealt with women who are dealing with some really, really hard things. Yeah. So it just is, it would be insensitive and lazy just to throw these things at people right. um, because it doesn't get to the heart of their struggle and it doesn't push them to God's word. I feel like cliches can have and can corrupt the truth of God's word. It's taking like a little bit of something and really um, corrupting it. Yeah. Yeah. I was almost thinking it's not that they're not negatively affecting our society it's that it's just perpetuating Hmm. the current state of it Mm -hmm. because every one of those are all about us Mm -hmm. and when we use it it's all about the individual and their betterment and so we just when people that aren't trying to be biblically sound in their advice exactly what you were saying or or counsel it's a quick band-aid. Now, I would say like the heart of these people when they're saying this is probably good. They don't know what else to say. Yeah. So I don't think people are trying to be deceitful. They're not trying to be rude or harsh by any means in saying this. That does not negate that Mm -hmm. we shouldn't say these things. Mm -hmm. So intentions are not the most important thing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. No, definitely not. They are all of these cliches that we've gone through are 
super unhelpful. Right. Yeah. And for the main reason, just that they're not biblical, right? right? Mm-hmm. So speaking biblically isn't just a matter of truth, right? It's a matter of love mm-hmm. as well. Right. So God's words aren't just true. They're also good mm-hmm. for the world. They're loving. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, how we as a society have distorted the word love and what it means, but showing love is to speak truth. We have to be careful not to be careless with God's word. Mm-hmm. I feel like these dumbed down mm-hmm. scripture and yeah. um, we have to think biblically and um, yeah, be careful yeah. not to how we speak of God. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I feel like so much of it is just willy nilly, you know, yeah. just. Yeah. Again, so slapping a band-aid on something, trying to make somebody feel better. And I'm sure, like you said, intentions are good, but to be helpful is to speak biblically and yeah. truthful. Yeah. I feel like we have a weird scenario in our culture. I feel like if you were to ask the common person, um, they, w- they would absolutely agree that we have tons of people around us that don't obey the gospel don't obey Christ mm-hmm. don't and even some that would even say I don't even know Christ I don't even trust Christ but at the same time I think we have a lot of those same people who assume or anticipate the benefits of Christ mm. yeah. and these cliches do nothing but perpetuate right. a lie that really gives people a false mm-hmm. sense of being something they're not mm-hmm. like if you look through like I was just even thinking through Romans 8, especially around verse 14 to the end of the chapter, there are a whole lot of pronouns referring to us. And it talks about us being adopted. Mm-hmm. And um, there, are, there are so many, us is used, us and we are used a lot. And even it crescendos into this, Paul saying, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And the us there is not universal, all humankind. Mm-hmm. It is particular. The Bible is definitive. There are two people groups. There are sinful lost humans, and there are children of God. And I think there's this weird place of if, if someone's going to say, I believe this cliche is biblical truth, and I believe it's being said to children of God, then how am I using it to people that aren't children of God. Mm -hmm. Like that's a weird application in my mind. Like for Paul, he's not saying um, nothing can separate any human from the love of God. Mm -hmm. And if if we were to go around saying that to people, we have a weird application of or a weird way of communicating that passage that actually is lying to people. Like like you're saying, it's really creating a bad scenario. And so I think it's really harmful Mm -hmm. in the way that it reveals the assumption in our culture that really everyone's going to benefit from Christ. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not true. And I think we're, we're more loving to be truthful about that. So I, when, you, when you were talking right there at the end and you were talking about how we, we give these cliches specifically to non-believers, I was actually thinking about the, the, the Sunday morning attender that's there on Easter and on Christmas and Mother's Day and Father's Day. And they would claim a church, you know, but they, they never fellowship in community weekly. Mm-hmm. And then they hear it or they pass it along and they're just misapplying it. Oh. And, and it further perpetuates this lie. Mm-hmm. And so 
there were two thoughts that I was having. One, obviously, scripture. Let's let's look at God's word. Let's um, communicate it clearly. But also, theology has to be done in community. And so, hopefully, if if the if the Christian that's you know um, in community in fellowship in the local church has their brother or sister using this phrase and they've heard this podcast actually lovingly gently correct them to get them to the truth so we can start actually sharpening one another in the mm-hmm. body instead of just continually to perpetuate this right. this thing we've heard what are some ways that maybe cliches like this mm-hmm. are harmful to the church oh um, yeah well it continues the prosperity gospel right mm-hmm. like yeah or um what if we man heaven forbid this yeah let's say we sent a mission team down to atlanta to we're, we're sending a team to atlanta to, to work what if they got in a bus crash and and people lost their lives regardless if we prayed a hedge of protection around them would we have said they're not in god's will but we we told them that and and look at the mom that sent their their kid and and that's what something that was said there then how can that damage mm-hmm. the faith of the mother thinking that, well, well right. th- was that not God's will that they went? And so it really has potential life, a relationship with God, that, mm-hmm. that, that's going to affect it if we misuse it. Yeah. That's just one example I was right. thinking of. Yeah. yeah, I think it gives false hope. It does. Yeah. It does. You just stated that so much more clearly and succinctly <laughs> than I did. Thank you. <laughs> Thing the more I thought about these, the more mm-hmm. I just got really sort of angry mm-hmm. because I think that is the thing we're doing is we're perpetuating right. lies yeah. which are not loving. Mm-hmm. None of us would say mm-hmm. lying is loving. Mm-hmm. Right. And our culture kind of says that yeah. because mm-hmm. you are to affirm whatever anyone is feeling mm-hmm. or thinking or going through, even mm-hmm. if it's a lie. Yeah. And it's like, that's not necessarily loving, but that's a different topic. Um, so Stacey, what would you say are some ways that you would encourage people to, um, I guess, assess for themselves whether they feel like these cliches are good, right, or needful? I think I would just have to say, steer clear of cliches. <laughs> Be safe. Don't use them. Um, don't do drugs. I, don't do drugs, guys. Don't, don't do use cliches. <laughs> What'd you say? You don't want to edit that out later. (laughs) Um, I think the more, no, I know the more we study scripture for ourselves, the more we can help speak truth into people's life. If we don't know God's word, it's hard for us to Mm -hmm. be an encouragement and to counsel people because we're all called to be Mm -hmm. biblical counselors. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like knowing God's word helps us to speak truth. Yep. Yeah. We won't use cliches when we know God's word because that's, we're like, right. that's a lie. I can't yeah. say yeah. that to this person. So. I also think like if you're having a question about something and you're really wrestling with mm-hmm. it, a cliche maybe, and you're like, but this just feels really nice and I really want this to be true, maybe go to your pastor, go to your elders, mm-hmm. go to your leaders, and just straight up ask them, like, I want this to be true. Yeah. Is this true? What does scripture say about this? I've tried to read scripture to find out, and I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. our leaders will help us out with that. Yeah. It's their job. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, I think not that any of us want to get real like technical with English, but if you were to break down most of these sentences mm. and ask using our English 
sentence diagram. Mm -hmm. What is the subject of the sentence? Um, most me, of them yeah, me. Right. <laughs> are me. Yep. You let go. You, <laughs> yeah. Let go, let God. The you is implied. Mm -hmm. yeah. You are the subject. Mm -hmm. um, and I sat there and looked through all of them and I was like, oh, wow. They are, they're not really saying anything about God mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in and of himself. Yeah. It's saying something about what God will do for you or right. for me. The kind of God I want. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so it's, it's, it's not, you are primarily the subject. Yeah. And so I think it's good for us to, if we hear any, any of those cliches, whether it's in song or whether it's um, like our uh, listener had submitted or whether it's in someone saying it or whether it's something I'm saying, you know, <laughs> to go, what is really the subject of this, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, man, I can really evaluate pretty quickly. Is it me or is it God? Mm -hmm. Am I distinctly saying something about God and his character and his nature? Or am I distinctly saying something about what I want and how God's going exactly. to give me that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but any final thoughts? I was just going to say, like you mentioned, that really belittles God. You know, it really makes <laughs> Don't stuff this in my face, okay? <laughs> it really belittles him and his character mm -hmm. with us making so high of ourselves yeah. and putting ourselves as a subject. Yeah. Not only is that unbiblical, but it also is downplaying God, which is in another way unbiblical. So it's, it's belittling his attributes and his mm -hmm. holiness mm -hmm. and his grace and mercy and um, the work that he has done in our lives. So it's really just downplaying God and upplaying us. And that's screwed up. Don't do it, guys. I guess I would also just encourage, you know, we want to lead with compassion. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, in a lot of situations where things are have gone awry, and I know you put out or we put out a little snarky video with, um, you know, but the reality is people go through some really hard stuff and I'm yeah, sure yeah. you, you counsel yeah, people. Yeah. I know you counsel people through some really hard things yeah. that man, if you lead with, um, you know, well, you know, you're never more safe. Well, it's like, I feel like very unsafe right now. Right. Yeah. And so we want to lead with compassion, yeah. but with truth, mm -hmm. um, because that is a loving thing to do. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> what would Jesus do? Truth. <laughs> truth. He would truth first. I'm sorry. All right. So in all seriousness, um, we hope this maybe has shed some light on some of these cliches. Hopefully you've enjoyed this format. We can uh, continue and fix our te technical difficulties. I'd like my own mic. Yeah. You need your own <laughs> mic. And I need my own mic. Yeah. And uh, we'll get there. But, um, yeah, hopefully uh, have a great time watching our next episode send us any questions or thoughts other conversations you might would like to see in this setting or other points for us to discuss as we normally do mm. either way y'all take care thanks i almost brought up jesus loves you at one point because i really wanted to go down that rabbit hole with you but but I chose, if he chooses to edit this 